I sense a, a little bit of frustration with the way the media kind of portrays things and the way things maybe are, the way they might spin things. Did you feel frustrated with the media and the way they kind of represented some certain things that happened with the department? Yeah, I've been a chief executive for 30 years, and so it not only makes me a participant, I'm also a student of governing, and I'm a student of news media coverage of governing. I don't think it's any secret to people that over the last 30 years, the quality of journalism has declined in direct proportion to the uh, emergence of other sources of news, and that now speed is the enemy of accuracy or thoughtful journalism. It's not a conspiracy. It's not because people who go into journalism want to be bad. It's their market has changed so dramatically that the pressures under which they operate are antithetical to notions of fact-checking or providing perspective. And that creates oversimplification of complicated issues. Uh, I've, I've said more than once, there's a reason why they call them news stories. Stories require a hero. Stories require a villain. Stories require a narrative arc that everybody can understand. That's well and good for writing a story, but the complications of real life are much more uh, uh, complicated than that. Uh, There are perspectives to take into consideration. There are nuances that get lost in the quick get the headline first before somebody else does pressure of modern journalism. And that is difficult when you're a chief executive trying to both be accountable but also inform the judgments of your constituents. And it's tough to do that with sound bites. And it's tough to do that in an environment in which every critic gets equal time with your um, accountable assertions. Everything I say is going to get vetted, fact-checked, and open record. Any critic can say anything, and nobody's going to, like, call them out or ascertain the uh, validity of their assertions. So uh, it can be frustrating, Mm -hmm. not just for me, but for anyone in government who is uh, dealing with a crisis. Another incident that you dealt with during your time here, it was uh, August 2016. Officer involved shooting death, 23-year-old Seville Smith, led to three days of riots in Sherman Park neighborhood. And over the past few days, as I was thinking of questions to ask you, I kept thinking about the time we were in, the climate in America at that time. And there was a lot going on, um, a lot of tension between African-Americans and police officers, a lot of videos being released on YouTube. If this incident would have happened, say, two years prior or even today or two years later, do you think the outcome would have been a little little different? Do you think the riots would have happened? I think the Sherman Park disturbances were wildly misunderstood and in many cases opportunistically used to fuel a narrative that was inaccurate. We forget that the officer at the point of shooting Seville Smith was facing an armed criminal suspect. Okay. One gun was still in the car. One gun was in his hand. The officer used deadly force to protect himself and others. This individual was a career criminal. All his friends were career criminals. And it was career criminal friends of his who came to the crime scene through social media. Now, we had recently changed the law, meaning Wisconsin as we, to require outside jurisdictions investigate our uses of deadly force. The Wisconsin Department of Justice was supposed to provide investigators. Well, they come from far away. So on a hot summer day... We had a dead body in a yard with the cops standing around waiting for the investigators to get there. We couldn't do the initial investigation. Everybody is suspicious of, you know, our our career investigators to do more death investigations than the rest of the state put together. So for an hour and a half, crowds gathered. 
and they were overwhelmingly criminal associates of the decedent. Well, some of them had an interest in starting to cause uh, difficulties, and uh, tensions arose as it got darker. And some of the more uh, violent members of this group took to setting fires to local businesses, most of which were owned by African Americans. And as I said many times, Sherman Park didn't have a riot. Sherman Park had a riot happen to it. And uh, there's no you know, monolith of community opinion about the police. The African-American community is as varied and diverse as any. I mean, what does white America think about anything? Was well, it white America on Fox TV or white America on CNBC? All right, nobody would think of saying, what do white people think about the police? Right. But they're happy you know, having this lowest common denominator attitude about the African-American community when, in fact, at the neighborhood level, they are our strongest allies in trying to create safe places because they're raising their kids there. Now, there was one night of severe rioting, one night of some level of disturbance, and by the third night, the national news media was getting ready to leave. Why? Because our police department, working with community partners we had developed for years, made that disturbance go away through a combination of thoughtful tactics, police restraint, and community members who were able to go into the neighborhood and calm the tensions. Now, while the Baltimore riots were lasting for days and days and days, and the Ferguson riots last for days and days and days, it took the Christian Science Monitor, not our local newspaper, to say how the headline was, how Milwaukee flipped the script on handling disturbances. And they noted that there were like 50 shots fired incidents of gunfire bouncing off our armored vehicle, and we didn't fire a single shot. We didn't shoot anybody. We didn't seriously injure anybody. But our officers restored order within a day and a half. Now, that was the story. But that didn't fit the narrative. So the narrative had to be community against the police, and we need all kinds of programs now to improve police-community relations. Well, trust me. You wouldn't have had three dozen community members in the neighborhood on day two of the disturbance working to calm tensions if we didn't have relationships with those community members. So, you know, yeah, I had some level of frustration that the hard work of the men and women of this city connected to their community, but also conversant in the best forms of crowd and disturbance control, really put their best foot forward and had a significant impact on community safety and on police practice. The Sterling Brown arrest happening on Friday, January 26th, after a confrontation at a Walgreens parking lot. He apparently parked illegally across a couple of handicapped parking spots. The incident escalated to where he got tased. Now he's not being charged. And to a lot of people, this looks uncomfortably suspicious of how does this happen? How does someone get up to like where he's being tased? And then he's not being arrested for anything. Alderman Bob Donovan, I'm sure you're aware of what he said. He said Mayor Barrett requested a review of body camera footage of the incident, but the mayor has said he did not request it. Do you believe or do you know if Mayor Barrett had any influence at all in um, Sterling Brown not being charged with anything regarding that incident? I'm sitting across the table at you. You're looking in my eyes right now. Mm -hmm. And anybody who says that he had anything to do with us not charging him is either willfully misinformed or willfully lying. Mayor had nothing to do with it, okay? Had nothing to do with it. And trust me, even though I can assert truthfully he's never interfered in an operational decision in this police department, with two weeks left to go, I'm not trembling in my boots what he thinks of me. I'm telling you, he had nothing to do with it. Now, I know he talked to some of my subordinate captains. He wanted to kind of know what had happened. You know, he wanted some inside information. He was nervous about what it might mean. 
He didn't look at any evidence. He didn't review any cameras. So he didn't persuade anybody. Listen, Bob Donovan takes his marching orders from the union. Okay? Period. The end. Now, I find it laughable that a year and a go, half ago, he got beaten 70 to 30 in the mayoral election, and the only issue he had going for him was, quote, public safety. And a year and a half later, he's singing the same stupid tune. Now, we lowered crime in every single category last year, every category but one, and that was more of a reporting issue than an actual change in uh, public safety. This department is one of the best police departments in the United States. And according to Bob Donovan, we have great cops but a terrible chief. Our cops work so hard, they do such a great job. But, ooh, that chief. I mean, I don't know why he bothers to talk. I think he should just move his lips and let Mike Cervello's mouth, you know, voice come out of his mouth. So he, what he thinks is irrelevant because it's so self-serving. All right? We're going to examine what happened that night. We looked at the reports. We looked at the body-worn camera, meaning senior administrative staff, and we didn't see sufficient grounds for the charges that were being proposed. All right. We didn't see police officers try to be evil per people. We saw them respond to a particular incident. We had some concerns about how, how effective the supervisory oversight was there and whether or not the scene was appropriately managed. And so we're going to have an investigation. Now from the Mike Cravello, I mean Alderman Donovan wing, that means we're throwing cops under the bus and we don't care about public safety. From the left wing, it means we're covering something up. And here's another example of police misconduct. My world is the extremes not liking me. And I have to not worry about that. All right, we're going to get to the bottom of it. There's no question the illegal parking took place. There's no question they ended up on the street being tased. What happened between illegal parking and getting tased is why we have investigations and professional standards. So no special treatment for Sterling no. Brown because nope. he's a box player? Nope. No.